Welcome to the Freedom from Emotional Eating podcast. It is time to stop using food to manage your emotions, to end the endless obsession with dieting, and to overcome binging, to start using food as fuel for your body, for health and vitality. I'm going to give you simple tools and insights to help you manage your stress, to stop succumbing to urges, and to help you feel 100% in control over your eating. My name is Rachel Freeman, and I too am a recovering emotional eater. I am here to help you see there is another way, and freedom comes on the other side. So let's get started. Okay, guys, welcome back. I'm so excited to be here with you for another week of freedom from emotional eating. And I'm going to add on the word anxiety. And I think I might just add it to the name of the podcast because I deeply believe that they are very much related and they go hand in hand. Um, Not really sure which one comes first, but really doesn't matter, does it? Um, I'm wondering how your week has been. I hope it's been great, and I hope you've been applying the tools that I've been teaching you in the podcast and that you're starting to see how you can get some pretty awesome, amazing results. I'm doing pretty good today. I came off of a bit of a rough week last week. We were going through some family crap that had to be... um, weaned out, um, but it seems like we are on the other side of it now, which is always such a better place to be. And I have so much goodness to focus on now, my health, my family, and of course, my amazing business. My husband was out of town this past week, and it gave me some time to be alone, which I think is really good for all of us. I used to dread alone time. I associated it with boredom. And then, of course, boredom often equaled binging and being lonely. And I really didn't like this. I would avoid being alone. I'd make tons of plans. I'd go to extra yoga classes. But really, I'd do anything to avoid being with myself. Interesting. Now, I absolutely love it. And I really look forward to it. Um, I love spending time with myself, which might sound kind of weird to some people. But really gives me time to read and enjoy some quiet, which is not often in our home with so many people. This week, while my husband was out of town, I started reading a book on the vagus nerve. I first heard about the nerve when I got into yoga. They talk a lot about it um, in yoga because our breath is one of the powerful ways to tone our vagus nerve. If you're unfamiliar with the vagus nerve like I was, it's a nerve that runs throughout our body. And it's been shown to really help with anxiety, with depression, and to really help ward off a lot of diseases like heart disease and cancer. So it's an important nerve to be toning. And one of the cool things is one of the breath breath. One of the breathing styles we use in yoga helps with this. Anyways, it got me really interested and I decided I wanted to learn more, especially because I work with a lot of people who struggle with anxiety. And I want as many tools in my toolbox that I can share with them to help them. So when I finish reading the book, I promise I will share with all of you whatever I learn. 
So as I mentioned in the beginning, we're going to talk today about anxiety. We're going to talk about anxiety in relationship to emotional eating. But really, I just want to talk about anxiety because I feel anxiety and emotional eating are so intertwined. And like I mentioned before, I'm not really sure what comes first, nor do I even know if it really matters. So I want to share with you some helpful tips on how to befriend your anxiety today and so you don't use it against yourself any longer. When many people come to me for coaching, they're in some state experiencing some form of anxiety. Um, Not everyone, but I would say the majority. And a lot of people, when they come to me, believe that something has gone wrong, that they may even be broken and that something needs to be fixed. But you can't fix something that's not broken. Guess what? You are not broken. Humans are not broken, so therefore, there is nothing to be fixed. Today, I hope I'm going to help you see this. Let's start with what is anxiety. So I went to the APA, the American Psychological Association, I think is what it stands for, and looked it up. And it says people with anxiety disorders usually have reoccurring intrusive thoughts or concerns. They may avoid certain situations out of worry. They might also have physical symptoms such as sweating, trembling, dizziness, or a rapid heartbeat. Basically, it's a feeling in your body. And this description, I believe, is quite vague. So I decided to dig a little deeper, and I wanted to know some facts about anxiety. What I discovered is that one in five Americans experience anxiety. One in five people, that's like literally almost everyone. And it is considered a disorder. And for many people, they've made it mean that something is wrong with them. And like I said previously, nothing has gone wrong, and this is actually how humans have evolved. So let's talk about that for a minute. How is anxiety related to how we've evolved as humans? So back in primitive time, in order to survive, we needed fight or flight to spark inside of us so we wouldn't be eaten by another animal. We weren't considered disordered back then, and nor should we now. The problem is now we make it mean that something has gone wrong. Whereas back then, we used it for us so we could survive. So if we look at the science behind anxiety, basically this is what happens. The eyes process a threat. So back then, we saw a tiger and we ah, freaked out, right? The brain has a thought about the threat, a sentence in the brain. And then this sends endorphins and cortisol hormones throughout the body. These hormones are what give us superhuman powers so we can ward off the threat. This is literally, guys, how we evolved and survived. So it is actually the result of the cortisol, the endorphins that are rushing through our bloodstream that make our heart race, that make us feel anxious. Now, let's just fast forward for a moment. The same thing's still happening. However, 
Now, your brain doesn't really know the difference. When your boss sends you an email and you sense a threat, you have a thought about it. Those same hormones that we've been wired since primitive time flood your body. Now, the biggest difference is now when your heart starts racing, your palms start sweating, you have made it mean something is terribly wrong, that everything you are feeling isn't okay, that soon as you do this, you feel awful. And if you remember, the brain is wired for three things, comfort, safety, and pleasure. So now that you don't feel safe, your brain is going to do everything in its power to keep you alive, to keep you safe, which often means get you out of the feeling, the feeling you are feeling in that moment. And for many people, this is where food comes in place, right? So the brain has learned that when we eat, right, it sends a different chemical. That chemical is dopamine throughout the body. That equals pleasure. So, of course, you feel anxiety. You sense a threat, right? You feel the anxiety is what I meant to say. And then you feel awful. You feel all these awful feelings that feel almost unbearable. And so what does your brain do? It reacts. It reacts and it goes for something like food that's going to make you feel better instantly. But here's the problem. That dopamine, it wears off really fast, especially because most of the time the food we're reaching for is the sugary or the salty food, the prepackaged food. That stuff has a quick release of dopamine that doesn't last long. And then we're just left feeling guilt and shame and the cycle continues. So the key is learning how to friend our anxiety and use it for us instead of against ourselves. Think about it. If one in five people have it, is it even really that abnormal? What if having anxiety is just part of being a human? Of course, there are different levels of anxiety. And today, what I'm talking about, I'm referring to those people who are fully functioning with it, meaning you can hold down a job while experiencing the anxiety. Now, that's not to say that you still can't learn how to manage better with it how you can manage with the anxiety and use it for you instead of stopping you, right? Instead of creating results that are not in your best interest. Anxiety is a feeling, and we know that all feelings come from our brain. And often these feelings are caused by the thoughts. And those thoughts are often around this idea that we don't have control that we are powerless. And when experiencing them, the anxiety, we are always in the past or the future, right? Anxiety does not exist in the present moment, guys. Think about it. When you're fully present with a task, most often you don't feel anxious. You feel anxious when you are thinking and ruminating about a given situation. If you're struggling right now believing that you could friend your anxiety, no worries. I did it first too. I struggled with understanding how I could possibly have control when it seemed so out of my control. I had to learn 
how to separate out the facts from the story, which was episode seven, I believe. And I had to learn how to pay more attention to those little sentences in my brain. People ask me all the time, what about the genetic factor? Everyone in my family is anxious. One client even told me she believed that all Jewish people are anxious, that it's just in their blood. Okay, so let's be real, guys. It's in all of our blood. It's part of being human. It's part of the human experience, right? Remember? It's how we've evolved. So yeah, 50% of the time, you're going to feel anxious. And what if it doesn't have to be a problem? Because 50% of the time, you won't be. What if you can start to use the anxiety for you instead of against you? Most of us are choosing to believe that it isn't okay. So we are suffering so much more than we need to be. Not wanting to feel that 50% negative side is leading us to do things like binge eat, eat when, we're, when we aren't hungry, which causes weight gain and feel even worse about ourselves. So the first step in friending your anxiety is giving yourself permission to feel it and to stop making it mean something is wrong with you. To stop me making it mean that you're broken and that you need to be fixed. When you make it wrong that you have it, you are making yourself literally feel like shit. And this is only creating more anxiety, guilt, and shame. Let me share a little story with you about my anxiety. I used to be terrified to talk in front of a room full of people. In elementary school, middle school, high school, even through college, I avoided it as much as possible. To the point where if there was anything else I could do, I would offer. And then I started to teach yoga. And I had to be in front of a class of people. At first, the anxiety kept me on my mat. It felt a lot safer there. It didn't feel so vulnerable. And then I decided to attend a yoga training. And the leader told us we weren't allowed to teach from the mat any longer. This created a disconnect, he said, between us and our students. And we would need to learn to teach off the mat. My heart started racing and I felt that sense of panic. There were 150 people in this training and I was going to have to talk in front of all of them. Not just talk in front of them, but I was going to have to teach without my mat. And at this point, I was newer to thought work. But I remembered in just an instant someone saying to me that you could use your anxiety for you instead of against you that you could use all of those hormones as your creative juice. With feeling like there was nothing else, no options, I decided to give it a try and I leaned in. I leaned into the energy of the anxiety and I allowed it to fill my body. I allowed myself to feel it and I used it to teach in front of all 150 people. And out came excitement, fun, and a side of me that I wasn't even know was, I didn't even know was there. It lit me up like nothing had ever before. And from that moment forward, I realized that my anxiety could be my friend. 
and that I could use it in so many powerful ways. That not only could it be my friend, but maybe it was also my superpower. To this day, when I feel anxious, which I do, I do every time I get on a consult call, I lean into it and remind myself it is there for me. The great news is with practice, consistency, and patience, we can all do this. You can do this. You can change your default wiring down to the cellular level. Guess what? It's going to create a lasting change for yourself and for all the generations to come. Huge part of my why. In order to start friending your anxiety, though, we must first build some awareness around where it is coming from, stop making it wrong, start allowing ourselves to really feel it. Like I've mentioned before, anxiety is just a feeling. Feelings come from our thoughts, our thoughts about a circumstance, not the circumstance itself. So start to just notice how your anxiety feels in your body when it comes up. Really feel it the next time. Don't push it down or away. It's not something we need to be afraid of. Remember, nothing has gone wrong. When we start to allow ourselves to feel it, to sit with it and not run from it, we won't need to numb ourselves. We won't have to run away. Emotionally eating and binging is a result of avoiding a feeling. It's to numb ourselves. But if there's no longer a need to numb ourselves, we can start to give up the need to eat when we aren't hungry in order to just make ourselves feel different than we do in that moment. Eating only temporarily fixes the problem. Right? When we're done, we're still stuck with all the shame and the guilt. So instead of eating, start to acknowledge and feel your anxiety. Feel your feelings in your body. Understand it. Label it. And don't run away from it. So you can stop that never-ending cycle of shame and guilt and anxiety and eating. And shame and guilt and anxiety and eating. Learning how to friend your anxiety and use it for you is, I believe, the key, or one of them, to freeing yourself from emotional eating. So start right now. Close your eyes and scan your body. Get familiar with all the feelings in your body. And identify how they feel. Describe them for yourself. And notice that you can handle all of them, right? We know you can handle it because you are right now. This is all you have to do to begin the process. You just have to learn to feel it, to stop making it wrong, and to start to see it as your superpower. Use the adrenaline, use the cortisol, for you instead of against you. All right, my friends, this is it for today. Stop making it wrong or a problem. Just let it be a part of your life. Start to make friends with it. Notice it. Don't shame or judge it. Instead, describe it and just be curious. I know this work can be challenging at first. There's no doubt in my mind that you can 100% do it. And 
You don't have to do it alone. You can have support along the way. If you want to get results quicker with more success, I am here to help you. There's no shame in needing some help. All athletes use it. Why shouldn't you? We can't see what our brains don't want us to see. But an outside perspective always can, especially an expert who knows what she's looking for. Breaking down those limiting beliefs, limiting beliefs is the exact route to your success. I hope you all have an absolutely fabulous week. Till next week, namaste. Food does not need to run your life or take up time and space in your brain. There is another way to live life. It is a life free from emotional eating. I invite you today to download my free quick start guide to stop emotional eating. The link is in the show notes. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review. It's the only way I know you're on the other side. I hope you have an absolutely fantastic week. I'll see you next week for another fabulous episode.